0: of all thank you for joining me um coming all coming all the way from is that texas you're in
1: yeah just got back i was in europe yesterday i just got back and and and, in clinic so
0: oh wow that's that's really cool i've I've actually me and my wife were planning on going to europe a a couple years ago but then she fell pregnant and um yeah that that kind of and now she's recently fell pregnant again
1: so (laughs) okay well Well, she's Doing God's work. Okay, let's get started so we can get get this uh we'll get this uh, accomplished.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So I'd like to start out with you were supposed to, I'm pretty sure you ended up coming over here to Australia for the COVID talk. Um, but from from what I heard originally there was actually there was like a campaign against you even coming here.
1: Yeah, there was quite a, a bit of consternation myself, Pierre Corey. Uh, Melissa McCann, who's an Australian physician. But Corey and I were flagged even at immigration, trying to keep us from coming in the country for no reason. And we drew crowds of thousands of people in uh, Sunshine Coast, Melbourne, Sydney. And people came out because they wanted to learn the truth. We reviewed the data on uh, pandemic response, and, and it clearly, You know, we we showed the information that the viral infection was always treatable. Natural immunity was always strong against severe outcomes. Testing was overdone. The counting of of COVID cases and deaths was greatly exaggerated. Then this push for vaccination without any assurances that it's safe or that it was going to work was just, just turned out to be a disaster. What was the
0: first red flag for you? where well, you thought to yourself, hang on, there seems to be some misinformation here. They're not really dissolving the proper information to the public. Because people like myself, I during the 2020, when the pandemic was at its greatest, I was just working a normal nine to five job. So I didn't really have time to get the proper information. I was just going off what the news reports were telling me or what the mainstream information was. So look, I've I've got the jabs but the only reason I got it was because over in Australia if I didn't I wouldn't have had a job. They mm-hmm. they gave you the option. They said, "Hey, look, you don't have to get the jab if you don't want to." But then there's that subliminal lining of them they didn't say it, but read between the lines, you're not going to have a job, which means you're not going to be able to pay your bills or have housing. So it's like you have no choice. You're saying mm-hmm. we do, but we really don't.
1: Yeah, it was effectively a no jab, no job. Situation and that it, you know it forced some people to become entrepreneurs or, or you know, do something else. And you know, fortunately, the eco- economy was vibrant enough where people did that. But you're right; people were pitted against uh, choice. Now, if you got out of it without, you know, suffering heart damage, cardiac arrest, blood clots, stroke, uh, you know, permanent disability. If you got out of it with two shots and you're okay. Count your blessings. But what we learned is that each each time there's a shot, there's a Russian roulette that's played. And uh, recently um, uh, on my Substack, I summarized a paper by Roche and colleagues that with each shot, including the boosters, there's a 30% chance people are so sick, they can't go to work the next day. Our CDC V-safe data shows 7.7% are so sick, they get hospitalized or go to the ER. And then, uh, you know there are those very very severe cases, and it happens: uh, heart damage, blood clots. It's just such a threatening shot uh, that that no one would want to take it. People dread taking these shots. Um, if I if I told you you have to take another shot to continue your job right now, you, you would just have this sense of of just incredible dread that that is just the last thing you want to do.
0: What is this sickness you speak of uh, from getting the jab? Is this the myocarditis?
1: Yeah, myocarditis is one of of just a large number of syndromes. They, they fall into four categories. One is cardiovascular. The other, next one is neurologic. Then hemat- hematologic, which is really thrombotic complications. And then lastly, the immune system abnormalities. But they're so vast. In total, it's about 15% of people who take a shot develop one of these syndromes. So, uh, y- y- you know, it- it's... Uh, Uh, We had a patient uh, the other day in the office, the other doctor was telling me, he he had two shots in 2021, he's fine. Sure enough, in 2023, he develops a three foot long blood clot in his leg. And so we know that the side effects can be actually several years after taking the shots. Uh, Recent paper paper from China by Li and colleagues showed even two years after the shots, micro blood clots circulating through the blood vessels in the eyes. And what Lee um, uh, commented on was that, you know, the blood clots are not f- being formed in the eyes. They're traveling elsewhere throughout the body. So so no wonder there's heart attacks, strokes, you know, all these problems developing.
0: So are we just seeing the longitudinal effects of the COVID jab now?
1: We are. And, and, and each time, because the shots don't work, people get covid So each time they get COVID it's progressively worse and they develop long COVID and more complications because they've already been preloaded with the spike protein from the vaccines and the the vaccines don't seem to leave the body and the spike protein doesn't either. So people are all carrying this around. That's the reason why probably the most important advance is my recent publication called Base Spike Protein Detoxification, it would apply to you and so many people in your audience. We think everybody who takes these shots needs to clear out this spike protein before they get a blood clot or some complication. And it's three over-the-counter um, supplements that really have pretty strong data. One is natto kinase. 2000 units twice a day. It's derived from the fermentation of soy by a bacteria called Bacillus subtilis natto, but it's a it's an oral capsule format. It's, uh, it's really well tolerated. Bromelain, which is uh, derived from the stems of pineapples, is a very healthy supplement. Uh, and then curcumin, derived from turmeric, curcumin with piperine is probably the best. It gets absorbed uh, the best. But what we know is that this is a blood thinning over-the-counter supplement regimen that actually helps clear out the spike protein. Gives people the best chance. I can't make any therapeutic claims because no large clinical trials are um, have been completed. But you know, I, 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 case by case by case, you know, people are getting better. So.
0: Curcumin, that's usually used for joints, isn't it?
1: Yes. It's a great anti-inflammatory. I took some today. I'll take a little bit before I go home. And uh, it has anti-inflammatory. Now, that actually has gotten to the point where there are randomized trials and people who've had COVID and uh, long COVID and vaccine. And and in fact, they're, they're successful trials. So curcumin has a real base. Now it doesn't dissolve the spike protein like bromelin and curcumin, uh, like bromelin and nattokinase does. But curcumin does have very beneficial effects. So I think these three things are affordable. They are manageable. People always want to add additional products. They can, but that that triple base is the only base right now that's in the peer-reviewed published literature.
0: The play devil's advocate a little bit. What what does the COVID vaccine do because obviously when they were coming out with this jab um so you got what are they you got Pfizer the Moderna and trying to think of the other one off the top of my head now sort of escaped me a bit we've had a we've had a couple here in Australia rolled out but um what do they actually do surely they didn't just roll them out for no reason is there something that it can actually do
1: well they are the genetic code for the spike protein, which is the spine on the surface of the virus. it's uh, The spike protein was genetically modified in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We've learned this. It was a U.S.-Chinese collaboration funded by the National Institutes of Health. The, the All the engineering was done at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill by Dr. Ralph Barrick and his team. And then the, the protein and the virus was assembled in, uh, in Wuhan, China. Dr. Xingling Li is the is the key investigator there. That was all done 2012 to 2015, published in 2016, Nature Medicine, Medicine and precedes the National Academy of Sciences. So it's a chimeric virus. It's a a human coronavirus with the uh, chimeric uh, manipulated spike protein from a bat uh, on it. So the vaccines have the genetic code for this spike protein, which is a very unnatural protein. It's not broken down by human enzymes. Uh, and it is damaging. Boy, in, in high doses, it's lethal. United States, we've had uh, uh, over 18,000 Americans that have died with the vaccine. Reported to the CDC is probably you know a much bigger number of those not get reported. But of those who, where people report because we think the vaccine caused the death, 1,100 of the deaths are right in the vaccine center. Or a few minutes or a few hours afterwards, same day they take the shot. It's almost instantly lethal for some people.
0: And the protocol we had at the time was stay inside, wear a mask. I don't know if he's had this in the US, but in Australia, uh, specifically here in Melbourne, we had a 5K radius where you couldn't travel further than 5Ks from your own home. And a lot of people, if they, they used actually had a little police. Borders is a bit of a strong word. It's the only kind of word I can think of right now. But you'd actually have sort of officers at certain lines. And when you'd go to cross, they'd pull you over, see where you're from, and they'd say, hey, this is further than 5Ks, go back. And if you didn't, you would be, you'd face prosecution of a fine. Some people went to jail. It was, it was really weird. But our protocol of getting the jab and staying inside, especially the staying inside part staying inside is probably one of the worst things we could do for our immune mm-hmm. system in general. I mean, if you're not getting outside, vitamin D is it's just so it's so important for your health and exercise, mm-hmm. exercising and they're closing gyms. It just seems to me the stuff that they were rolling out was counter health. What are your thoughts it's on true.
1: that? Yeah, I agree with you. Everything that was recommended turned out to be the wrong thing. So if you did the opposite, it would have been better. So let's take masks. Uh, masks don't uh, block transmission of the virus. The virus goes around the mask or right through it. What worked was uh, iodine, peroxide, colloidal, silver, xylitol, nasal sprays, and gargles. So the nasal sprays worked to 17 trials. But the you know the, the Australian government never, never taught you how to do an iodine nasal spray. A few drops of iodine and some salt water, and you got it uh they they didn't teach you what worked uh social distancing uh that didn't matter 85 percent of the spread occurred at home people don't social distance at home so that was useless uh lockdowns well lockdowns was locking down people who don't who aren't sick so that would never help the only thing they ever needed was to you know keep people who are acutely sick away from others uh you know particularly the elderly so uh, all of that was incorrect and then the the false narrative that the virus isn't treatable, we shouldn't treat it at all, just let people come into the hospital and then get sicker, get put on the ventilator and die. That was just an awful. And then, then when it came out this said, listen, now here's the answer, a vaccine, a vaccine that doesn't stop COVID, doesn't stop transmission, doesn't reduce hospitalization and death. There's just no, no reason to take the COVID vaccine from a health perspective. So what happened is people ended up taking the vaccine because they were in a similar situation to you. There they didn't really want it. They just took it because they thought they needed it for their job or school or or to survive.
0: And the vaccine, I hate look, I, I hate the word anti I'm not an anyvaxer by any means necessary, but I hate the term in general because I think there is such a, a stink stigma on it. It became almost tribalism. Like if you're an anti-vaxxer, then you're you're against the populace you're against progression you're it it became almost heresy to be this quote-unquote anti-vaxxer but look there might have been some really extreme people and extreme conspiracists which it does get tied to the word anti-vaxxer the whole uh, conspiracy word which is something else that i hate um but most people just wanted hey I just want more evidence to back this up like show me show me something that it it does work don't just put it out there and say hey this works without showing me any studies i mean i think the studies that will come i think there was like one study where they had what they tested it on was it 10 mice or something
1: yeah the, the, the most recent booster is just 10 mice with the ba4 ba5 and 10 mice with the xbb booster so they're not even doing human studies For someone young and fit like you, even at the worst of the pandemic, you'd never take a vaccine because for you, COVID's a mild illness. So don't forget, a vaccine would always have to be clinically indicated and medically necessary. So even if we had a perfectly safe and effective vaccine, it would only be for nursing home patients and the very elderly anyway. That's with a perfectly safe and perfectly effective vaccine. It would never be for someone like you. We wouldn't give you the vaccine because for you or me, COVID's a very mild illness. Do, do you see what I mean? And and, you, and people knew something was wrong because the the recommendation panel say now well even six month old babies should take it wow. without any question every six months.
0: Well, they've so came, they've came out with um I think it was about a year ago there was a commercial in Australia and it was um spread the freedom. And I find that really ironic, considering (laughs) you even talk against anything to do with the COVID vaccine or COVID in general. There's no such thing. That's so true. Spread spread the freedom.
1: Spread the freedom. It's like spread the misery with this vaccine. A third of the people are so sick they can't go to work the next day. That's how toxic this thing is. there's nobody who wants these shots nobody so um uh, you know uh, 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 you know, the only way they the vaccines go away is if people just don't take them period
0: where do you think we went wrong in the first place cuz i would have thought considering it was 2020 we'd been through pandemics before um the influenza the plague whatever whatever it is uh-huh. Why didn't we have some sort of contingency or better contingency in place at, at all? Like, we just panicked.
1: Yeah, it was panic. The governments never should have gotten involved. Should have just left it to the doctors to figure it out. We, you know, we handle problems all the time. There's waves of West Nile virus and Zika. and We just handle it. The government should have stayed out of it completely. And then, uh, you know, if they wanted an update, they should go to doctors who are treating the condition and we'd give an update. But the government getting involved in just one that that was just, we just went through it. The entire government pandemic response and the narrative that went with, went with it was, was all incorrect.
0: How do you think we continue now? Because a lot of doctors, uh, I don't know if this is in the US, but here in Australia, some of the doctors that I've spoke to still don't even want to speak about COVID or the COVID vaccine. Um, and the things that they do want to talk about is mainly what the COVID vaccine can do. So I'm guessing it's mainly because their jobs may be on the line. Like, look, if you go on a job application now, I mean, you don't need the COVID vaccine to get a job anymore, but most job applications now still ask how many jabs have you had, but then it's kind of like, well, why are you asking if I don't need the jabs? it's it, it's weird, so <laughs> right. how, how do we how do we go forward?
1: You know, we have to proudly tell people, listen, you know, we're not taking these shots. And if you've been following the government narrative, you're up to eight shots, eight shots eight sh- yeah, do you know anybody personally who's taken eight shots? No, no, me neither. me neither. So the bottom line is no one's really following this. So we just ought to be honest. And those who took the shots and like you are fine, say, listen, you got lucky. But don't go back to the roulette table and take another spin. Wow.
0: What's really disappointing is it kind of builds a bit of a mistrust in government. Because to me, it just seems more like this was a money grab. I don't want to say it was because, you know, I'm very ignorant when it comes to information like this, but just looking from the outside, it, it seems like a money grab situation rather than, hey, let's try and help people situation.
1: It does. In my book, I've outlined to uh, encourage to face COVID nineteen that there is a biopharmaceutical complex. They've learned how to really make a ton of money off the misery of a pandemic, and you know, people in this biopharmaceutical complex. They're predicting another pandemic I saw with that. great enthusiasm. Yeah. You know, they're saying, listen, there'll be another one. It's just like uh and people are going to ask, are they going to, you know, still work the same jobs? Are they going to go into lockdown and take more miserable shots? No one wants to do this. I don't know a single person who says, yeah, I'm happy about going into lockdown again and wearing masks and, and taking more shots. I don't know a single person. And so uh, people are speaking up all over the place. We have freedom conferences all over the United States. I just came back from Germany, freedom conferences there. And, uh, we're going to see a little test of wills right now between this biopharmaceutical complex and the population. I think mean, this fall COVID will be on the way up. But it's on the way up right now. It's very mild, by the way, the iodine nasal sprays and gargles are working great. So my mom had it in a senior home, no prescriptions needed. So, and she didn't take the vaccine, so.
0: <laughs> How early on, if someone was to get COVID, would they take these iodine nasal sprays? Would it be in straight- the
1: first hour? First hour, the first hour. You can't wait till you have a ton of congestion. You got to get after it right away. Just the very first inkling of a sore throat, immediately start the spray in the nose, and uh, and then the gargles. Gargles need to be thirty second gargles, and when you're sick, do them every four hours.
0: Isn't it funny how there's still a lot of pushback against it being a
1: lab leak? It's it's astonishing, especially with the Barrick papers published saying, we did it in the lab. We want to thank the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In fact, in the Barrick's papers, they call it the WIV virus, the Wuhan Institute <laughs> of Virology virus. That's what they call it. I mean, it's astounding that anybody would not think it came from the lab. And what we learned in the House Select Committee investigations here, Brad Wenstrup led it on the July 11th, 2023 um, update. It just says right on the front of the the, uh, update, there's a cover-up that Anthony Fauci and Jeremy Farrar at the Wellcome Trust is now at NIH, and uh, Francis Collins at the NIH, Edwin Holmes from University of Sydney, Kurt Rambert from LSU, uh, Christian Anderson at Scripps, Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, they all worked together to come up with this story that it came from nature. When, when the Barrick papers showed, it, it came right out of the, the Wuhan lab. And so they intentionally misled the the world for several years. And there was never any doubt in my mind because it just read the papers. They, they call it the WIV virus. So
0: Now, do we know what they were initially working on before the lab leak actually happened?
1: Yeah, they're working on it looks like biological threats. Um, the two agencies that work on biological threats are BARDA for the NIH and DARPA for the military. And both those were behind. Uh, they've been behind the development of all these viruses as well as the messenger RNA vaccines. In fact, DARPA, uh, you know, on their website has a stated goal since 2012 of using messenger RNA to end pandemics in 60 days. So it looks like researchers and multiple government agencies in the United States are in the business of developing a biological threat and then coming up with answers, and they do them in parallel, monoclonal antibodies, vaccines, and therapeutics. So they hold two assets. And this is what's going on in these biolabs all over the world. You don't hear about missiles or missile defense systems anymore, but you hear about biolabs all over the place.
0: So- that lab was purely meant to be against, you uh, know, for preventing pandemics. So, if I don't, I still don't understand why they tried covering up the leak in the first place. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense that, hey, guys, we made a mistake? There was a lab leak. We need to get on top of this as fast as we can. But instead, they say, no, there was no lab leak. We don't know where this came from. It probably came from somewhere else.
1: A couple of things. One, uh, if they just would have went to the Barrack papers, there's an immediate conclusion that it was gain of function research, which they shouldn't have been doing, and it was grandfathered in and then outsourced to, to China. Two, that it was the US and China that created this monster that got everybody sick. And three, um, all these government agencies are in on it. You know, now the National Security Administration has a statement on their website. So does the CIA, the FBI, the Department of Energy. The Department of State. I mean, what in the world were all these U.S. agencies doing this in this Wuhan lab? So there was so much explaining to do. You know, I I think they they basically came up with a a, a conclusion. Let's try to put this off for a while. We'll say it came out of nature and and get on with the business of trying to respond to it, because the press focus on this would have been. A big mess from the beginning. I, I think you're right. They should have come clean and said, "Listen, something's gone wrong. This is our project. Here's the way we think we can get you out of it." They ended up getting the whole world sick. The U.S. and China got the whole world sick. People in in Australia ought to be pretty mad because it looks like the Australians, outside of Edwin Holmes, who was part of this consortium, looks like uh, not too many, not too much of Australia, you know, had a role in this. Um, so.
0: Where do they go from here? Where where does that gain-of-function research go from here? Do you think they should continue with their research and trying to stop these pandemics any further, or should they just shut it all down?
1: I think they should shut it all down. They're doing just the opposite. They've just released a grant to Peter Daszak, who heads the EcoHealth Alliance. That's a big go-between between between the U.S. and, and Asia. And he's taking this research plan instead of going back to the Wuhan lab, he's taking it to Duke University in Singapore to do more bad coronavirus God. research. Yeah. God. So they're right back at it. Um, you know, Boston University in the pandemic announced they said, We did it. We created a chimeric and we took the lethality of the original Wuhan strain and we made it as infectious as Omicron. We we made a chimeric and they, they put out a preprint. And everyone's like, "What in the world? Why, why? are you doing this research in the United States? If this thing would have gotten out, we would have just been right back to it again." So th- these researchers appear to be drunk on research funding, which is very, very lucrative for them, and they are have no consideration for public safety.
0: To me, that just sounds like they'll do anything for money. That whole that whole thing that research money it just seems so intertwined, but it doesn't seem beneficial what they're doing i mean we just came out of a pandemic and now they've taken what caused the pandemic and literally moved it into a country that's in terms of interaction of people coming in people going out it's probably the most busiest place in the world
1: well sure like singapore uh for sure but uh, you know we heard about bio, bio labs in in khartoum in in africa and ukraine uh, well, clearly, Boston University had one at biosecurity level three lab. And then the Chinese, you probably heard about this, they had a secret lab in California.
0: And oh, they had all kinds of
1: pathogens. That. Yes, this was terrible. And it's in the news. Um, this wasn't on the books with the National Institutes of Health or or OSHA or any other regulatory agency. So it turns out if you if you're not developing a pharmaceutical and you don't need the FDA, the Chinese figured, well, heck, we're just going to take advantage of some U.S. Uh, resources there. And they were funding it all. No, biological threats and messenger RNA vaccines need to be shut down. They're a disaster. They're, a, they're Nobody's being helped by this at all.
0: And this secret lab in the U.S., by secret do you mean the public just doesn't know about it, but the U.S. government most likely does, but they're just letting them do their research anyway?
1: No, I don't think the U.S. government knew about it, as far as we could tell. Somebody stumbled upon it and they were asking questions about who worked in there, and they had all kinds of various strains of organisms. So.
0: Wow. And you've most likely heard of this new COVID strain variant coming out. From what I've heard, it's a Canadian variant or something.
1: Now, right now we're in Eris, which is EG5, and then the second most common is FL1.5. Uh, uh, they're really benign strains. Uh, mm. There's a concern about more virulent strains. They just haven't materialized. It's a very, very mild infection right now.
0: And yet they're still pushing for masks again. Like w- yeah. we, But we've discovered that masks actually don't work, but... They're pushing for it once again. It, it doesn't make sense. We're just going back to our old habits, which we know doesn't work, but it, we just seem to be keep going back, and I don't know why.
1: Just going back to things that don't work, masks, lockdowns, vaccines, none of them work. What well, works are the nasal sprays and gargles, multi-drug treatment protocols, and then protection of the seniors. You don't hear about any concern over senior citizens. All you hear about is you know employ, employers and schools and... Where's the concern over the senior citizens? I haven't I haven't heard a story out of Australia about senior citizens in a long time.
0: Well, we had a commercial. It was a uh, it was a top up booster. They called it, and basically, the way the commercial started was you'd have people running, you know, and hiking, and people doing, you know, working together, and you know, just this real flashy people smiling type of commercial. And then you'd say, you know, Hey, do you want to top up? And then people would, you know, fill up each other's waters and they would say, Hey, get your booster, get your top up. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's, I mean,
1: job- is, this is like, is this like going to a bar or something? Um, they recently had a pro football player for the Kansas city chief, Travis Kelsey. Oh,
0: a- I'm a green oh, Bay fan. A guy,
1: You, you kind of look like him a little bit, uh, You know, he's a (laughs) young, strong guy. He's the last person in the world that would need any vaccine.
0: He's the tight end of the Chiefs. Yeah, I know. Right,
1: but it's just, it's not convincing. If they had some frail lady, you know, on oxygen in a nursing home, you you could try to make some case for it. But some strong guy scoring touchdowns and spiking the ball, he's the last guy who needs a vaccine. You know what I mean? It's it's. Yeah, I just don't know what they're accomplishing with this advertising. It's so ridiculous.
0: Moving forward, look, there's always going to be more strains of COVID. There's always going to be an eventual another pandemic, whether it's, I don't know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, whenever that may be. What do you think we should learn from this? Because to me, it just seems like, I mean, it was only three years ago and it seems like we've learned nothing from it now.
1: I what we've learned is to trust our common sense. Uh never, never be forced into doing something that doesn't fit with your sense of common sense. And um and whatever you do, never let anybody shove a pill down your throat or force a needle in your arm uh, against your will. And uh if it means losing a job and getting another one or get, you know. It's just not worth it to lose your life I mean all the people who died be- because they wanted to keep their job it just wasn't worth it the blood clots the amputations the the damage that people have incurred it's just not worth it they're absolutely miserable never take a shot for your job uh, never take anything that's uh, genetic experimental unproven never. Just say no. Sorry, I'm not going to do it, and um, uh, and then make your adjustment. One's health matters above everything. You know, people were thinking that they were instantly unemployable. If they lost their job, they couldn't get another one. This type of paranoid thinking. People, young people your age, change jobs so quickly. Like suddenly they couldn't get a job. Uh, we had um, we had pro football players who felt like, oh, suddenly they couldn't, they they get kicked out of football if they didn't take a shot. It's like, no, they, they it's not like they suddenly <laughs> can't play football. These guys are at the top of their game. You know, Aaron Rodgers, who played for the um, Green Bay Packers. Packers. I mean, I'm not taking a shot. Forget it. Uh, Novak Djokovic said, I'm not taking a shot. You guys know this. Like i are not taking a shot. They're fine. They're perfectly fine. You, you know, then they have their health intact. I mean, Look at these miserable players who have blood clots and they can't play and they've passed out and, and these football players with cardiac arrests. And uh, look at actor Jamie Foxx. You know, I talked to Jamie Foxx in 2021 and and he knows the vaccines weren't safe. And, you know, it's reported by Hollywood reporter AJ Benza that Fox took the shots and I stroke. He's, he's wiped. He, 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 you know, it's, it's just so sad to see Justin Bieber, his face is paralyzed for two years now after the shots. He, he has he hasn't even had a, a you know concert in two years. Eric Clapton, who I know, Eric's a friend. Eric couldn't play the guitar for a year. I mean, none none of this is worth it.
0: So Justin Bieber's face paralysis was
1: actually from the jab. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, has got Ramsey Hunt. It's a signature syndrome. Wow. And, and he was forcing people to take the jab. Now his wife instantly uh, had a blood clot go to her brain. And she's a young girl in her twenty, you know, in, in her twenties. That doesn't happen as due to the shot, I'm sure. So both him and his wife really got tagged with it. So,
0: why does this seem to be so disadvantageous for young people? What, what's it, what's it doing to younger people that it's not doing to the elderly?
1: I think younger cells take up more of the messenger RNA, and so the messenger RNA is more active in younger bodies and takes up the messenger RNA, the genetic code produces a ton of the spike protein, which is very unnatural, damaging, you know, causes blood clots and all this damage. That's the reason why young people are ravished with these shots. They're the last ones who would need a shot anyway.
0: You've mentioned this spike protein. Could you go more into detail what this spike protein is?
1: Well, if you take the virus, it's a ball. And then the, the spines are on the surface. The spine is where that's where all the damage comes from. That protein is uh, it's a killer. Uh, it, uh, uh, it it's been it it was the part that was intentionally manipulated with this U.S. Chinese research, and uh, it, it directly damages cells, causes inflammation, expressed on cell surfaces. The the body attacks itself. The human body can't break it down. Uh, it's been found stuck in the body for months, months after months, and. Um, uh, it makes people sick, makes makes people feel sick. And that's the reason why so many people after the vaccine never feel right ever again.
0: It, look, it does make me laugh a little bit that they say, oh, we didn't really know the ramifications of the jab. Yet when they were rolling out the jab, they made you sign paperwork, which said you can't pursue any legal action or if anything happens to you after this jab it's not on us it's up to you you've signed this piece of paper it's like wait you say you didn't know anything was going to happen but you're making me sign this paperwork just in case something does happen that seems a bit sus
1: yeah doesn't seem good does it i i I agree any type of novel countermeasure like this should be purely elective should only be offered to the highest risk people stay away from young people because you want to keep your young people healthy You know the last people in the world you want to do the injections would be the sports teams, the military, babies, and just the application to all the wrong people should tell you something.
0: You've you've spoken before about ivermectin. What what is ivermectin? I've look mainstream media. All I've heard is it's a veterinary medication, but Hmm. it seems to me that they're not disclosing the full information about what it actually is. But I've heard a few people say that it actually helps COVID. So what is ivermectin?
1: Ivermectin is a natural substance derived from the soil in Japan. It's it's used as a medicine. I've used it for decades as an anti-parasitic medicine. In the United States, we have scabies uh, in people who are poorly kept and it's it's an infection that's well treated with uh, ivermectin. It won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for basically treating river blindness, which is a huge problem in Africa. So it's a very safe medicine. There's actually uh, fewer safety reports on ivermectin than um, acetaminophen or paracetamol, safer than Tylenol. So it's a very safe medicine. And uh, one of the wonderful discoveries is with ivermectin in over 50 studies, it's very effective in treating covid both outpatient and inpatient COVID. The the hardest thing was to figure out the dose. And so the optimum dose is 0.6 milligrams per kilogram. Somebody your size would probably take about 36 to 48 milligrams a day. And do it for five days or up to 30 days. It's in the McCullough protocol. McCullough protocol is the most widely used treatment protocol for COVID-19 worldwide. Now the drug is not necessary nor sufficient, but boy, it works great in combination of four to six drugs, high risk, individuals um and i'm using it less and less because it's so mild and everyone's been through covid now so um but it's still good to have uh you know sold over the counter in a lot of markets in the world so almost everybody has a stash of ivermectin
0: and what's funny about the ivermectin is they were pushing it as a veterinary medication and not for human use but yet we've obviously used it in humans it's strange that they wouldn't even consider it as a possibility for COVID outside of the jab?
1: Well, no, it's just, it's, you know, the clinical trials, one of the best ones was called the the, um, the ICON study in the United States, uh, in inpatient study by Rashter and colleagues, about a 50% mortality reduction. So everybody should have received ivermectin who is at high risk and said, I know you had some senior citizens in Australia. They were denied ivermectin. And it's a tragedy. Uh, you know, we can use hydroxychloroquine, a little less effective, pexlovid, molnupiravir. but people should always get, you know, high-risk patients get an antiviral. Um, the nasal sprays and washes are key. Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, uh, famotidine we use in the United States as an antiviral. Uh, antibiotics, because they're secondary infections, azithromycin, doxycycline. Uh, then aspirin, uh, colchicine, Budesonide inhaled, oral prednisone or dexamethasone, and then onto anticoagulants. So McCullough protocol was was really, you know, I think the key innovation that uh, the principles were used throughout the world. It spared, uh, you know, probably millions of lives and tens of millions of hospitalizations. The only people who who were hospitalized or died with COVID is because they didn't get any outpatient treatment.
0: How early into COVID? Did you realize to yourself that th- this this disease wasn't as severe as they were claiming to be and it could be treated with simple medications and supplements such as vitamin D? Um, it was March,
1: had, of tw- yeah, March of 2020, I would say.
0: Because, because what? I don't think COVID really hit its drive until it would have been late. Was it late 2020 that it really started cracking down and that's when they hit the lockdowns? So if someone like you, just an individual, could realize, hey, this isn't as bad as they're making it out to be, and you would have started speaking up, and then people like you would have obviously been scrutinized in the mainstream media, how how, how did that affect you?
1: you know, I just wasn't going to let my patients die with this illness. It was so treatable. I wasn't going to let my family members die. You know, I I went on uh, Tucker Carlson. I told him, listen, this is it. This is kind of the medical sort of Super Bowl. I testified in the U.S. Senate. And I told the whole country, I said, listen, I'm doing this. I'm not asking for your permission. I'm doing this. Same thing with detoxification. I'm not asking anybody's permission. This is a medical problem. Doctors have medical authority. There's nobody in the world who has more authority than me. Because, you know, in any doctor making the call, we make the call. And any doctor that didn't step up and treat their patients, they they have to live out the rest of their careers in shame to know that some deaths occurred on their watch and it's their fault.
0: And that comes back to your, what you said earlier about the government being basically the main key here, what government was playing, the government were playing doctors at this point.
1: Right. The government's never treated a single patient government put, you know, government officials on TV that had never seen uh, treated a patient. Should have always had doctors with white coats who are right there treating patients. And we could have guided the whole country, the whole world through this. I mean, if I was running the show, I, I think the pandemic would have been done in two years. The vaccines were never safe, never effective. It w- they wouldn't have come out. The vaccines have prolonged the misery for another two years now. And we would have spared about two-thirds of the hospitalizations and deaths. It would have been just night and day. Never would have locked down. I never would have locked down anything. Just special protections for nursing homes, which already had special protections in place.
0: What's your ideology on vaccines in general? Because there we have so many of them now. Uh, I... Personally, look, I don't consider myself an anti vaxxer. I consider myself pro information. You know, if there's a lot of that's a good answer. Yeah. (laughs) If there's a lot of information on something that it works, okay, let's do it. There's like look, doctors have said if we could put what exercise does for people in a pill, it would be probably the most expensive and most sought after pill out there Mm -hmm. because of what it can do for you. So
1: that's true. Now, vaccines unfortunately are not the elixir of life. There's not a single vaccine that makes you feel better. Put put it that way. So, uh, I consider myself vaccine risk aware. I've analyzed the risks. I understand the, you know, potential benefits or theoretical benefits. But none of the vaccines are particularly compelling, to be honest with you. Now, I I, I, you know, I took them all as as a matter of being a usual child in a usual family. I took more vaccines because I'm a medical doctor and I traveled to India and what have you. So, you know, as we sit here today, I, I've counted them up. I've taken 69 vaccines, 69 shots. Jeez. So, so I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I gosh, I mean I'm I'm a pincushion. I've taken, I said, but I'm aware of the risks and 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 I'm not taking any more. Uh I'm I'm done with this. It's just, it's too risky. I've seen way too many tragic situations out there that uh, it's not worth it. And there's plenty of studies showing going natural gives great outcomes. Hooker, Miller, um, Thomas, uh, there's an older Amish st- uh, study um, that um, Mawson, they all show this. is actually way better to go with no vaccines at all. Be a healthier child, healthier adult. Uh, the vaccines don't improve health, they just cause problems basically
0: i'm really interested to see what happens in the next 10 years with this um whole covid situation i think even (laughs) this this past three years has been very interesting so the next 10 should be like i can't even imagine i don't even i don't even know if they're willing to backpedal and say hey you know we did say that, and we apologize, but I, I, I don't think they ever will. But and it's really—I I don't
1: it's... think I, I don't think they will either. Um, th- this is going to turn out to be a pretty dark chapter in human history. You know, it's four years for us; it's coming up on four years. That's a long time. Uh, it's changed the uh, arc of our careers. Uh, sadly, people have lost their lives for no reason. Uh, you know, we're going to look back on this. And with a lot of collective regret, remorse, and a lot of anger, people feel very burned by this. And never let someone else influence your life.
0: I have a really strong interest in mental health. I've had uh, quite a few psychologists on my podcast. And, And mental health is definitely something that I'm very interested in. I would love to see... A a strong study showing the mental health side of things and the risks of suicide and depression caused by the lockdowns and not being able to see family and only having what access to fast food and no gyms being Mm. open. I would love to see a study showing how heavily of, of an impact on the mental health side compared to the impact of saying get your jab I, I'd, I'd really love to see that because I think personally that the impact of people not getting their jab and the people uh who are forced to stay inside causing these mental health look I know someone personally um and she's a psych and now she's been admitted she's in hospital care and she's telling me it's because of the lockdowns.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, certainly the, the lockdowns. You know, I wore a mask for three years to work. Um, never got together with my colleagues again because they they shut down Grand Rounds. I never even saw them. Never saw my research team again because they, you know, weren't coming into the hospital anymore. Uh, relationships uh, fractured. I think the the happiest people, honestly, that I know are entrepreneurs they work for themselves they have their own business they never took the shots they never locked down they're far and away the happy. and of course they're healthy because they haven't taken the shots they're the happy this idea of working for a large employer um is is so unattractive and um or being in the military or or being a school teacher Happiest people are people who control their own destiny, right? So it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Listen, I'm going to have to get off for another show, but thank you so much for having me on the program. It's it's wonderful to meet you virtually.
0: Yeah, look, thank you so much. Uh, look, it, it does mean a lot to me that you'd spare a little bit of your time to come on the podcast. And if anyone wants to find you, uh, can you plug your social media? And uh- Sure.
1: Sure. Most people know me in Australia. I've got the top doctor Twitter account in the world. So (laughs) Um, P -P, uh, underscore McCullough MD uh, is my Twitter handle. But if you go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, that'll take you everywhere. My podcast, America Out Loud Talk Radio McCullough Report is 2 p.m. Eastern every Saturday and Sunday. Of course, that's going to come over uh, to later into Australia. Then it goes on the Apple iHeart podcast network on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. My uh, book is Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalizations and Deaths While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex, a bestseller. It's got major motion picture trailer now. It's really terrific. Uh, that's uh, uh, CourageToFaceCOVID.com. My sub stack is leading medical sub stack out there. Very popular. It's called Courageous Discourse. Courageous Discourse. Uh, get an update every day, graphical abstracts and all the studies reviewed every study I'll I'll cite on the interviews. There's always on courageous discourse, all the, the key videos. And, um, uh, and then, you you know, let's stay connected on this. Um, uh, Something is going on very big in the world. It's not all just about COVID. It it has to do with, 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 with government controls, worldwide controls, people, confused, uh, you know, uh, transgender crisis, climate crisis, Um, you can see somehow human thought has been disturbed over the last few years. I'll leave it there. And listen, thank you again so much for having me on the program.
0: Peter, thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you sometime down the future. Thank you.